I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ready to print it back here. We got the high school football podcast. I'm with, uh, of course... None other than the original top dog at original top dog on Twitter. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at B underscore SERP or our website uh, 97 through the fan uh, SD. You can follow that on Twitter as well. We got a big week uh, from week two here in San Diego County. We had some teams making a, a national case. We have a lot of other teams, um, you know, making cases for the top 10 in San Diego County. We've got some surprise teams that are currently 2 0, and we even got some surprise 0 2 teams. Uh, right now in San Diego County, so uh, let's let's bring in uh, Top Dog Chris. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's Labor Day. We're getting ready for uh, high school football this week. We got another big week of high school football. Week three already in week three, um, and it's Labor Day week. I, I remember. Well, I don't remember in my lifetime. I remember my dad was talking to me yesterday about how we used to scrimmage um, Labor Day weekend. It was a scrimmage week, and then you start. You didn't start games till September. Now you're like three weeks in uh, by the time September rolls around. Um, let's talk about last week real quick. What were the um, the eye openers? What what did you notice? Uh, biggest surprise, biggest letdown. Uh, probably the biggest surprise for me, obviously, was the biggest game of the week. That's Cathedral versus uh, Sohoro. Um, I'll be completely candid and honest. Going to that game, I thought Sohoro was going to uh, hand the Dons a, a loss and make them one and one. Um, but the Dons came out fighting. Uh, the, the Trinity. The three guys between uh, Xavion Watson, uh, Jordan Allen, and uh, De- Devin Die. Okay, I got to remember. Anyway, those three seniors uh, played really, really well uh, on fr- on Saturday night at the Honor Bowl, and uh, that was probably my biggest surprise of the week. I mean, it's hard to knock off a team of that caliber. Uh, we'll get into that game more in just a little bit. Uh, you know, for me, there's a couple games that you know, kind of stood out. I was a little surprised. That Mira Mesa lost by the margin that they lost at. Um, you know, that's starting to become a trend now uh, for Mira Mesa. And, and me and you have talked about this uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, again, I thought that was a surprise. Uh, Valhalla is 2 0 now. Uh, they're running with their running back right now. They're winning some games. And uh, we're talking, you know, preseason about Valhalla. And look, I'm not ready to crown them a top 10 team by all means, but, you know, a team that didn't win a game a year ago or only had one win a, a year ago or the last couple of years for them to start 2 0 is pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I like how you uh, you've had your stats there. You, you you went with the homer pick. You picked them last week. Talked about the running back in the preseason. So it doesn't surprise me that Valhalla's high on your list right now. Uh, I'm 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 not. Uh, yeah, again, I'm not. A, I don't even have in the top fifteen, maybe not even top twenty in San Diego. Hey, but the fact that they're now. winning not, two games, so uh, it's, it's pretty nice. Uh, El Cajon Valley's two and zero. Look at that. You got some yeah, surprise. Did you say they would win a game last year, this year? I didn't think they would win one. Well, they but they're two and zero now. Look at that. Yeah. Hilltop. I had Hilltop losing their first two games. And uh, they've won their first two games. Speaking of, but I have them winning their next eight. So if they don't win their next eight, so are you saying they're going to run the table? Well, now they might run the table. All I got, all I know is Ron Burner Jr. uh, better win the next eight games because he keeps messaging me, "Hey, two and zero, baby," and I love it. I love it. But here's the thing: I picked you to win the next eight now. So you better, you better keep up your end of the bargain. Yeah, that works. But speaking of Hilltop, I just want to give a little shout out to uh, Marco Aki. 
Uh, kid came out of nowhere. Leave it to Drew Wesley to find some hidden gym down there in the South Bay. Uh, Marco's leading the entire county in receiving yards with 303, 337 receiving yards in two games. Great job, young man. Great job, coach. Good job by Hilltop. They start 2-0 as well. Um, so that's that's kind of like the uh, the surprises of week one. Uh, the last surprise I had, I thought Helix losing to Harriman, I thought was a surprise. Um, you know, Harriman, Utah, is uh, it's a good football team, but it's not a team that Helix should be losing to. Um, they lost the lead late. They ended up going to, I think, did they think they went to OT or something like that? Or they lost, they had a lead late, and Harriman came back and won that game. Um, Elion Noah, congratulations to him for setting the, uh, a uh, Helix rushing record. That school has produced a lot of talent and a lot of great running backs and a lot of great um, athletes. And for him to be the leading rusher is definitely an impressive feat. So you got to give your, you know tip your hat to Elian Noah. Um, I know he's upset that they lost, and you know he's a team player first. Um, but you got to he's got to be uh, you know probably happy that he's got that in his back pocket. The kid's what we call humble and hungry. Absolutely. He's definitely humble and hungry, um, but I thought that Helix loss was kind of surprising. You know, I, I don't know. It didn't surprise me too much. I mean, Harriman's a very well-coached team. They're big, they're fast, they're physical. It doesn't surprise me that they lost that game. Um, with that said, uh, they'll bounce back. I don't think. I think that's a speed bump, not a roadblock. Absolutely. All right, let's get to our top tens. Um, I'll start with mine that I voted for. I got Cathedral one now. Um, you know, Helix lost. I got to drop him out. I got to start voting for my, you know, my own school now in my, you know, unbiased way. Cathedral's one. Saints. I got two. I got Carlsbad three. Um, this week, I think they're doing a great job. Is Milliken and Hart the same teams they were in the years past? Probably not, but the fact that Carlsbad's beating teams out of county and beating them by a large margin is, is something to take notice. I got Helix 4 still. I still think they're a really good football team. Uh, I got Mission Hills 5 after beating Westlake. They kind of climbed back. I, I was high on them going into the season. The fact that they got that win now, I got them bumped up. You're looking at me like I'm funny, but it's fine. We got the same teams in the top 10. I just got a different order. I got Steel Canyon 6. I got Torrey Pine 7, Lincoln 8, Grossmont 9, and Granite Hills 10. Um, I think in your ratings that you had, we got a lot of East County teams you know, going in there. That Grossmont Hills League is starting to look a lot more competitive, especially with Helix taking a loss, Steel Canyon playing well, Grossmont has two good wins, Granite Hills is playing good football, uh, Valhalla's 2-0, like I said, um, and even El Cap's got the, um, you know, they got the ability to, to bite one of those teams as well. That's going to be a fun league to watch. Absolutely, 100% agree with that. I mean, that's probably the surprising league to me so far. Um, I, I would say... Usually it's Helix at 2-0 and everybody else is at 1-1. But those other teams had some pretty impressive wins, and they're playing really, really well. Uh, the defense of Steel Canyon is doing really, really well. Let me jump right into my top ten. Mm -hmm. At number one, I think it's funny because I think our top four are exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, Cathedral at one. Yep. St. Augustine at two. That's mine. Carlsbad at three. Same. Helix at four. Yeah. Lincoln at five. Okay. Uh, dropped him a little bit. Dropped him one spot. I think that they should have, in my opinion, that game was a little too close. And if you're a D1 team, you gotta you got to pull away in those games. So I dropped in one spot. At six, I got Torrey Pines. I was kind of surprised at the score of that game. That was probably a disappointing game for me when they lost that one. I thought they'd hang a little closer with San Clemente. I didn't think did. they'd beat them, but I thought they would They would keep it closer than you know Oceanside did. Yeah, so that was kind of surprising. Um, so there's still some question marks there. Steel Canyon at seven. Uh, that defense proved again. Once I mean, beating a Madison team, yes, I went out and picked Madison last week. I thought, you know, Madison get it done, but... Man, they loaded the box. They stopped Keontae Springs, and Steel Canyon's defense looks like they're for real. Uh, at eight, I have Mission Hills. Um, yes, they did beat Westlake, but I'm not quite – there's a lot of question marks still on that team for me. If they're gelling together, um, you know, they had a lot – they relied more on the run last week against Westlake and didn't pass the ball as much as I would like to see. And you've got two guys with Joe Smith and Hadnot. So I'm not sure they're, 
their team's fully developed, like their personality of the team or what they're going to be this year is fully developed. So I want to see a little bit more of them before I move them up. At nine, I got Granite Hills. Justice McComb went out there and just absolutely destroyed that defense. I think yeah. he had six touchdowns. The kid's on fire right now, so I get Granite Hills at nine. And, yes, uh, two kids that I'm sleeping on. They can go out there and say, Coach, you're sleeping on me. Um, that's Jamie Odom and Robert Tucker. Uh, I think those two kids are playing really, really well for Grossmont right now. They're leading the pack uh, for the Foothillers, so I got Grossmont at number 10. I got Grossmont uh, in there. We have the same 10 teams. Essentially, uh, 5 through 8 is turned upside down for me because I have, I have Mission Hills from f- 8 and 5 switched, and, and then I have um, – uh, Mission or uh, Steel Canyon and Torrey Pines switched, um, but we got that we agree on the same top ten teams, um, you know. And then when you start mixing in the in the middle, it's like it's splitting hairs for a lot of these schools. Um, how I do it is I th- I, I just got, I go through and go if these two teams played ahead, who I think would win. Yeah, I mean that's just how I do it uh, personally. I think Grossmont after watching, I got to watch Granite Hills week one. I watched Grossmont week two. What do you think? I thought Grossmont. Move the ball a lot better than Granite Hills did. I think they're more up tempo. They're fast. They're tough to defend. Um, they're a team that, and I was telling this on another podcast, but they're a team that runs a spread offense like a college does, but actually runs it like you're supposed to. A lot of high school teams, they see it on TV and go, "Hey, I can run this," but they don't know like you know the front, what the front has to do. They don't know what the receivers. They don't understand the up tempo. They just try to spread you out and and go fast. They don't know you know the inner workings of the offense this team does and not only that their quarterback Jamie Odom he looks comfortable at running it. it's his third year running the offense he's comfortable doing it um, and that's a huge luxury to have when you run an up-tempo offense like that he can communicate he's a signal leader the signal caller and uh, that that's big for Grossmont I think I think if they played Granite Hills head-to-head I think Grossmont would edge them based on what I've seen the first two weeks so that's why I got him up top um, they got a big wide out in Brody Schicker that I think is a stud just because of a mat. He's a matchup nightmare. He goes and gets the ball. He's physical. Um, he had a really good game last week as well. And you're talking about Robert Tucker. Um, I know I saw him, uh, you know, he, he missed five games last year with an injury and, um, he was a big difference maker for them in that offense because not only can they throw the ball downfield, but if they hand the ball off to Tucker, he's got at least six yards of pop. Um, so that offense is going to be very fun to watch in the next coming weeks. Are they good enough to beat? Is, are they good this, enough to beat Helix this there's year? There's a question. That's is this the question. Year, is this the year they take out Helix? I, you know how you always say is like I can't pick a team until they beat that team, right? Yeah. You know yeah. they're the top dog until they get beat. Right. I, it's, it's tough for me to find a Grossmont team. To beat Helix, they haven't beaten Helix since 1991. Yeah, I wasn't alive yet. My dad was the D, <laughs> the D coordinator, and their head football coach right now, Tom Carlo, was playing quarterback for him. That was the last time they beat Helix. Jeez. I mean, that's a that is a so lot is of that, years of not beating musket, Helix. Is that musket like screwed to the wall? They bolted it in the wall. Oh, I don't even geez. think Helix understands they have Jeez. a musket. I think they just have had it for so long they don't even understand. Um, it's been that long of a rivalry in quotes. Of that is it a rivalry when one team dominates that much? I don't. The thing is, like the alumni of Grossmont, because it was more, it wasn't necessarily back and forth, but every once in a while they'd win. Um, they still, I mean, that's the team everybody wants to beat. I mean, Helix is everybody's rival in the East County because everybody wants to beat Helix because they win all the time. Um, but for Helix, I, I mean, they, Robbie Owens says it's a rivalry. He still treats it as a rivalry game for them, and that's their mentality. But talking to Grossmont, it's like, look, we got to beat them first before we can, you know, consider them our big rival. See, I mean, um, it's kind of like like the Padres, Dodgers, Giants, right? Exactly. Right? You like got one the team. The Dodgers and the Giants hate each other, 
But the Padres' biggest rival is the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are like, hey, you're like our little brother. Yeah, exactly. So the Dodgers, kind of you way. can't really, you can't, like, same thing with Point Loma and the private schools. Right. Point Loma hates Cathedral and Saints. Cathedral and Saints are like, who are you exactly? I mean, it's just like they're a team in the league, right? And I, and, and you hate every team in the league because you play them all the time, but it's like the Cathedral guys are not getting hyped up to play Point Loma as much as Point Loma's getting hyped up to play Cathedral. Yep. And vice versa. I get that. Same it thing with sense. Script Ranch. Yeah. Script Ranch loses a lot of kids to Cathedral and Saints. And like when I was playing, um, you know, I grew up in Scripps. The um, the the half of the Saints Cathedral cha- CIF championship game my senior year for basketball, half of the starters were from Script Ranch. I mean, they just get a lot of kids that go down to the private the, to the to the Catholic schools, and that's a rivalry for Scripps. But for the private schools, they're like. This is not. I mean, you don't. You've beaten us once in the last twenty-five years, and that's when Kellen Winslow Jr. was on the team, right? I mean, that's just. It, it's just how it was. So I, I. Same with you. Until a team beats, until it's back and forth, you can't really say like Cathedral and Torrey. That's a rival. They beat each other back and forth. Saints and Cathedral. The home team hasn't won in God knows how long, right? Does that change this year? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Saints has a lot of athletes. See, ladies and gentlemen, audience, I'm trying to get him to, to commit to a decision early in the season so I can rub his nose in it later. Dude, in the you're year. the one wearing a Cathedral hat right now, a Cathedral State Championship shirt. I mean, you're the one. I went to Cathedral. I got more listen, purple listen, on than I have listen, red right now. That Since we're talking about let's jump right into that. First of all, I just want to say yes. As official, I have jumped on the cathedral bandwagon. Okay, <laughs> you can DM me. Where the haters at? Where the haters at? Tweet at original out, top out dog. Of the woodworks, but. Cathedral going out and beating Saguaro brings national attention to San Diego football. Let's get to that topic, right? We were talking about that off-air, planning our show out. We wanted to talk about the significance of it. And I I think the first thing we need to do is take a step back and just realize what San Diego has right now with Cathedral's rating. Because they have a team that is top top five in the state. Think about all the teams in California. California is one of the top states in high school football, and one of the one of the teams in the top five is from San Diego. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, when you think about modern day being the top, you get they're one in spot there. against above De La Salle right now. Which is think crazy. about that. De La Salle hadn't lost a game in what ten years, twelve years. Yeah, and Cathedral's one spot above De La Salle. They're one spot now. Granted, okay, a lot of it has to do with them going to a state championship last year. The rating gets boosted. Um, you know, and then they beat a team that's you know might be a little overrated in Saguaro according to the ratings. So again, if Cathedral goes head to head with a lot of teams around them, are they going undefeated against those teams? Probably not. But it's going to be a it, it's going to be a battle the most of the time. So take it with a grain of salt. But let's let's think about this for a second. Not only are they five in the state, they are nineteen in the nation. That's insane. Think about how many high school football teams there are across the country, and think about. Those teams in the top 25, St. Thomas Aquinas's of the world, the, the, the IMG Academies, Bosco, Modern Day, Alito. KD, Texas. Uh, yeah, KD, Texas, uh, Southlake Carroll, um, DeSoto. I mean, there's so many great football teams out there, and San Diego has a team at number 19 in the country. That's, That's almost more impressive than being 19 in the country in college football. I would have to absolutely agree. Only because there's what there's 125 60. teams in college football in Division One that you're not 25 out of you know 125, and in co- and in high school football there are thousands. Like, I think there's like 60,000. There's thousands of football teams, and National San Diego has one in, in the, the top, top 20. That's a, yeah, that's insane. That's pretty crazy. When you look down this list, you got St. Joe's out of Philadelphia, St. Louis out of Hawaii, 
Marietta out of Georgia, Katie out of, Katie Texas. These these programs. Where Andy, Do- where Andy Dalton went to school. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Aquinas St. Thomas. They're in some extremely, extremely high. These teams are really, really good. Like nationally, IMG nationally recognized. I mean, yeah. we list those those teams. Us in San Diego know about them. People in Utah know about them. People in Wyoming, all over, all over the country, they know about those schools. Those are all those schools have played on ESPN the last yes. ten years. They're playing yes. on ESPN right now. Um, it's not just the regional Fox West broadcast you get every once right. in a while. They are on national television. Yep, ESPN two game of the weeks. So I don't know. I mean. I'm impressed. Uh, obviously, they got a big challenge coming up Friday night. Now, let's talk about that. If they beat Corona Centennial, which is going to be a huge challenge, they moved to number three in the state, and they're only they would only be behind Bosco and Modern Day. Think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. That would be the highest rated team we've ever had coming out of San Diego, California. The highest rated team up till now we've ever had nationally was five. And that was Morris back in the 90s. Back in the 90s. Back when ratings were just, it wasn't computer-based. Yeah, it, was it was like just voting. And, exactly. But those Morse teams were really good. I yep. mean, they were loaded. But uh, think about it in terms of the challenge in Centennial. Okay, Centennial has one loss this year. It's the Modern Day. They got crushed because Modern Day and Bosco are just on their own level. Right. When you say their name, there's like, uh. I, I mean, teams across the country that are the best team in their state that haven't won, that haven't lost the game in like 15 years play those teams and get smoked. I mean, those teams are just, Top-notch, loaded, loaded um, you know, capability teams. Talking about Centennial, I think they've lost four games in their last, like, you know, six years or something ridiculous, and all of them are to modern day in Bosco. I see that, that right I mean, they don't them. lose to anybody but those two teams, and those two teams are basically junior college, you know, level programs or d1 double a yeah right they're 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 loaded with guys they get guys from across the country right right? they got guys moving there to play there um and 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 at least um it's just different football than what we have down here but think about that in the terms of if you beat a team like centennial what it does for san diego high school football the credibility we get down here um listen you don't have to be a cathedral catholic fan to want to see this game or want to see them succeed let's be completely honest now if you're a high school football fan anywhere in southern california not just san diego but even the ie if corona drops to cathedral that, that's kind of the changing of the guards if you will and it, it legitimizes the amount of you know strong football we have here in san diego county it gives us so much more credibility in terms of um i think a lot of people down here are trapped in the San Diego bubble. Yeah. And they're just like, well, these teams are really good, but they have no idea how much better the Southern section is as a whole than everybody else. I mean, or, that Trinity or other, League. Or, or let's like, take, take the Trinity League, for example. Okay. Cathedral played Jay Sarah on freshman and JV this week because the Honorable Jay Sarah's team that they were playing right. didn't bring a JV, Sewell didn't bring a JV. Just a grand, grand turn. They are about, like, what, the fourth best team in their league? fourth or fifth they're kind of in the middle of the pack they get smoked by modern day bosco you know they kind of trade with lutheran and in in servite j sarah catholic's jv team won 42 to 21 against cathedral's jv team j sarah's fret they had 19 guys on their team by the way 19 jv players smashed cathedral's jv team their freshman team had 25 guys they beat cathedral catholic's freshman team 77 to 6 jeez I mean, that, that is the level of football up there. So when those teams come down to play, when they schedule games against San Diego teams, they're like, this is going to be a walk in the park. Oh, so they consider us cupcakes down here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's, do you, do you, I mean, 
do you? Uh, do I don't you know. Buy? I mean, I mean listen, think about listen. it. Think about I, the level I know, of football they play it. up there. I, I've seen it up there, and I'll tell you this. You but know, that I, that just makes how much how much more of importance is it for Cathedral to win this game to give San Diego credibility when you got teams like Centennial and all those teams that would play our best schools and just blow the doors off them. Well, I think this team's a little bit different this year. I think that number one, like you said, the situation. It's it's huge, and I think everybody from San Diego needs to jump on the bag wagon, get behind, you know. Uh, Not just Cathedral, but any of the top five teams that go play teams out of town, you gotta just root you gotta for be them. a San Diego guy. I mean, exactly, you gotta represent your city. It's bigger than just one team or your players, but it's it's about our community of football and what it not, not necessarily means just to Southern California, but to the nation. You know, I mean, some of these teams on this list we talked about, you got teams from Texas, from Florida, from you know Georgia, from from Jersey. Like, the team in Jersey that came down here in the Honor Bowl this week, they had players from Connecticut, New yeah, York, exactly. Philadelphia. I mean, five states were, were transferring to go to this one school. Yeah, we don't have that trifecta down here. No. We've got a bunch of guys fighting over the same, you know, we're top 100 players. Yeah, exactly. In so, San Diego. We all in keep one local. little area. So, you know, we go from the border all the way up to Temecula, from the ocean all the way out to basically Mountain Empire out there. That's kind of our little San Diego County, our core of, of, of football here. And when our guys go play at a national level like that, it's important that everyone in San Diego gets behind them and supports them. Absolutely. And I do the same thing if it's Helix. I do the same thing if it's Saints. I do Absolutely. the same thing if it's Torrey Pines, Oceanside. Um, you so know, we're going to go into phrase San here, San Diego versus everybody. Exactly. Because it, it gives us some recognition, and all of a sudden when those teams start scheduling us again down here, uh, think about the opportunities it brings. Let's say Cathedral wins that game, and all of a sudden – um, you know, we start getting better. We start getting better play down here. Uh, you know, Cathedral winning that game over Centennial, giving San Diego some recognition. All of a sudden, you know, in a couple of years, maybe Torrey Pines or maybe you know Lincoln is like one of the top teams in the country. All of a sudden, you get more looks from national right. coverages. All of a sudden, ESPN might pick up the Lincoln Morse game. Let's just throw right. that out there. Right. Or ESPN's picking up Saints Cathedral. Or ESPN's right. picking up Tory LCC instead of picking up. Because here's the thing. They're picking up games the entire season, not just like Bishop Gorman from Nevada going to play Cedar Hill right. in Texas. They're right. playing like league games. Yep. And when you start loading up these teams and we start playing and competing at the national level, all of a sudden it brings so much more of a, uh, of a, a magnifying glass on our city and it gives us a look like, hey, it's not just Orange County that has the best football. we got good football down here, too. And I've been screaming that for years. So I just, I'm just i happy and, and thrilled that we're finally getting some of the recognition we deserve. Absolutely. I'm even more thrilled. It's my alma mater. <laughs> Take a little extra pride in that. But still, um, you know, I'd say the same thing for, for, for any other team. Um, you know, I text the guys at Helix before they go on a state championship run. Hey, let's go get it. Uh, yep. In 2016, when Cathedral won state and Madison won state, they were rooting each other on. Like It's like, hey, look, man, um, you know, during the regular season league play, that's right, we're enemies. But when we go out and play other teams. It's you know, San Diego I'm, versus everybody. Yeah, exactly. I, I do the same thing when I root for my college. I, TCU, right? I was rooting for Oklahoma last night because we got to get the Big 12 <laughs> as good as possible. And then when we play each other, it makes us look better. I, I completely agree with you. But um, let's talk about the game. Can we talk about the Cathedral game? Uh, can we talk about it against Saguaro? Yeah. All right, let's let's break it down. I thought, you know, I thought that obviously this game came down to a defensive battle. I think that that was the lowest that um, Saguaro had. Lowest point total Saguaro had in what, like five years? It was They scored 63 points the week before. Yeah. And Cathedral held them to 10. That That's impressive. I think defensive coordinator John Montali had a great game plan going into that game. Um, the way he uses linebackers, blitzes, um, Interior D line play was excellent. Secondary played well. I mean, to hold them, you know, they had a couple of big plays here and there, but the biggest play of the night was number 31, 
My guy Malachi, Malachi he Williams. came out and came out and just smacked that wide receiver in the end zone to jar the bar loose. Jar, jar the ball loose. If he doesn't do that, Segura wins. Oh, and sets the tone, by the way. Yeah. So Laurel walked in there thinking they're gonna roll over this, you know, little wing T right. you know, team. If, look at look at think about this. Who had the better athletes in that game? Oh, so we're by far. I mean, so they got the number by, one they got corner in the nation. D one yeah. recruits. They got the number one corner of the nation, and they're playing a team. I mean, Cathedral's big for San Diego level. They're not big compared to everybody else around the country. Well, I, I'll say and, this. And they got uh, Saguaro had a lot bigger guys, and they got a lot bigger players, faster players, bigger, faster, stronger, and they completely underestimated the physicality of Cathedral, and that's why this is why Cathedral hangs in games with these big schools. They slow it down. They run their boring offense, right? They pound the ball for about four yards. They hold on to the ball. They wear teams out. And by the time, this is how it works almost every time. You go in there, you underestimate Cathedral. Cathedral kind of punches them in the mouth. At halftime, they go, what's going on? Right? This team's good. Okay. Third quarter, they make their adjustments. By the fourth quarter, rolls around. They figured Cathedral out. By that time, it's over. Yeah. They've already had enough lead. They've already burned enough clock. And all of a sudden, it's like catch-up time. Yeah. We saw that last year with Narbonne. Yep. Narbonne got punched in the face in the first half, just like they did the previous time they played Cathedral. At halftime, they kind of figured it out. All of a sudden, they started scoring a lot of points, and it was like five seconds too late because yeah. they had a fourth down chance again at the goal line. They couldn't convert, and all of a sudden, Cathedral's going to the state championship game instead of Narbonne. And listen, that red zone defense that Cathedral plays is number one in San Diego County. I mean, every time Akeem gets in the red zone against them, it's like buckle down. And I'll tell you what, it was impressive. I mean, they Seguro George down the ball, down the field in the honor roll to win the game. And they're on what, the five yard line? Five they're yard on like line? the five yard line facing like a fourth and five, right? Fourth and goal. Quarterback rolls out, bootleg bootleg to the right, and I'm thinking, Oh, please, please, somebody, somebody. He get even him. makes somebody a defensive end miss. trip. Yeah. yeah he miss. makes him whiff. He makes the throw and to see that ball go incomplete and to see the reaction between, you know, Jordan Allen, Devin Dye, you know, Deshaun Swafford, see all the guys' action. They they realized how important that moment was. The coaching staff, all the fans, hearing Sweet Caroline coming from the audience. <laughs> I mean, it was such an amazing night, amazing football game. My hats go off to the coaching staff over there at Cathedral. The players, man, you guys left it all in the field that night. That is the way you're supposed to play high school football. Those are fun games. I'd rather play in those games. I'd rather coach in those games and play in any game or play in a team that is nowhere near a caliber and we beat them by 60 points. That's not fun to me. I'd rather play in those big games. And if they lost that game, it still would have been a hell of a football game and it would have been a fun one to watch because that those are the games. That is why kids go to Cathedral is to play in games like that, to be in close games against really good teams. And that's, they load the schedule. Look at the schedule they have. LCC is no slouch in San Diego County. That's a good football team. And then they got Saguaro which is number nine in the country last week. Now they play the number six team in the country in Centennial. Then it doesn't get any easier. They play Helix after that. I mean, that are, those are four games that are going to be battles the, the entire gauntlet. time. Um, but I, I thought, again, the Cathedral played well. The reason why Cathedral wins those games, not only is the offense grounded and pounded, they fly to the football. And I try to tell the JV kids that I coach the same thing. I'm like, get hats to the ball and just kind of hit. you got to hit them. And those, that hit Malachi had... On uh, on number two in the end zone, the jar of the ball loose. That was the first eye opener for Swar. Like, oh my, this team, this team, this they're not going to roll over. This team's real. Yeah. And then the second time, it got called back because it was a blindside block. I mean, if you look at it, the guy hits him in front. I mean, yeah. it's a clean hit. Um, it was a big hit though, so I can understand why it's a penalty in this day and age. But uh, KJ 
uh, Hunt completely destroys some kid on a peelback on punt return right in front of their sideline, and it like you should have seen the sideline's face. They're like, oh boy. Yeah, like this team, like like we're not stealing like, their lunch money. This ain't money. the team. We're not taking their lunch the money. We play in Arizona. Right, right. They woke up. Um, speaking of that, I just want to give a couple shots out to a couple guys. Number one, Jake Ellis. I think the center had a great night on on Saturday night. The right side of your defense or offensive line is Jake Cassidy. Jake Cassidy. Jake Cassidy. I'm sorry, I did that earlier. Jake too. Ellis plays DB. My bad. I was like, damn, he's playing center now. Cassidy <laughs> did a great job at center. Um, I thought Christian Hall changed the pace back. Did did really well. Um. Obviously, you've got Xavier Watson. Just that, I don't know how that kid held on to the ball with some of the hits he was taking. Man, I mean, those kids were pounding him, and he just kept getting up, getting up, getting up, getting back after it. Uh, Holden Bronson, Logan Burzins, those two are just—they were getting under the skin of the defensive line at Saguaro. They—they they were bigger. I mean, listen, they were undersized compared to the D line, but they kept pancaking them. Yeah, play exactly. after play after play, and and. Logan just kept going after guys. Right. And exactly. you could see some of the linebackers when he got to the second level. Linebackers like, dude, what are you doing? I'm not used to getting punched in the it, mouth I'm like this. I'm not used to getting hit by guys. And I loved like it. You. I mean, I thought that set the tone as well that, hey, we're not going to back down from you. You're, we're here to win and we're going to stick it to you. I think the difference maker was DJ, Ralph, and not in terms of throwing the ball downfield, but knowing things were covered and just getting some yards on a run. I mean, just maybe two or three, not taking sacks finding a place and getting down, not getting himself hurt, not trying to force a ball downfield. Um, he's going to end the day with not impressive stats, but he's going to have he had a huge impact on that game in managing the game. Um, the way they run the offense with the wing tee, he's not going to get a lot of opportunities to throw, but he does a great job managing that game, and I thought that was a big factor as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Um, that was last week. Let's preview a little bit of this week as we start wrapping it up um, on the High School Football Podcast. Braden Sprint alongside uh, Chris Smith, the original top dog, of course. Um, starting next week, we have the first league game. Oceanside at San Marcos. We'll be there on 97.3, the broadcast um, on the radio.com app and uh, on um, 97 through the fantasy.com. I'm excited to see these two teams because there's a lot of question marks around them, and I think this is the first real tester for both of them. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to abstain from picking this game because I think it's just too close. I mean, San Marcos week one loses to Otay Ranch, and week two they come out and destroy Mir Mesa. And Otay loses to Valley Center, who loses to Mount Carmel. So right? I, I don't get it. Yeah. I, it's a little confusing to me. It's kind of too hard to pick. I think there's hey, a lot of— Hey, you're betting on 17 and 18-year-old kids, man. That's yeah, why. I don't know, man. I, listen, listen. <laughs> That's I, why there's no spread lines in there Vegas There is no spread in these, in these games. But with that said, um, yeah, I don't know. This is—the parity on these teams is really close. I, I think where they are as programs, where they are as athletes, where they are as coaching staff, there's so much similarity on both sides of the ball. It's too hard for me to pick this one. Yeah, but I'm curious to see San Marcos, and I really want to see Oceanside. Oceanside loses to a team they probably should lose to in San Clemente. They beat a team that they should probably beat in Westview. Um, So, you know, I was asked the question, what do you think about Oceanside? I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, they they beat a team that they're definitely better than, and they lost to a team that is definitely better than them. So it's like, it, w- this is a good tester. I think these teams are very evenly matched. I'm excited to watch and uh, and call the game on Friday night. Uh, a couple other games here that are important. Uh, Granite Hills at Madison's an intriguing game all of a sudden because Madison, they got Keontae Springs, 
who is one of the most dynamic playmakers in San Diego. Um, and he he keeps you know I was saying how Valhall is running back is going to keep is going to win him five games. Keontae Springs is going to keep them in every game. You know what I call him? I call him the Aaron Judge of football. The Aaron Judge of football. <laughs> because every time he steps to the plate, he's going to give you a chance to hit one out of the park. He can hit a home. He can hit a home run every time. Every time. Um, in terms of just ripping off a huge run, uh, is Granite Hill's defense good enough to hang with Keontae Springs? Who knows? I think Granite Hill's offense is going to be able to move the ball, but this could be a good tester for them, and it's a good uh, comparing comparison to see where they stack in the Grossmont Hills League because Steel Canyon already went in there and beat Madison, um, and Steel Canyon arguably is like one B of the uh, Grossmont Hills League. If you want to go Helix one A, Steel Canyon one B, dude, they Helix is still the top dog. Come on, <laughs> give me okay. that look, dude. Here's what I'll say. No, that defense is not going to be able to stop Keontae Springs. I'll be the one to say it. Uh, listen, no disrespect to the defensive coordinator over there at Granite Hills. That kid's just a phenomenal athlete. Uh, Steel Canyon's Canyon defense, was able to slow his ass down. Yeah, but Steel Canyon's defense is a lot more physical, I think, sure. than Granite Hills' defense. With that said, uh, I think this is going to be an old-fashioned Western shootout. I think this one's going to come down to a crazy score like 49-42. There's going to be 90 points on that board possibly by the end of that game. Grand Hill's defense is very physical, but they they lack the speed that is necessary to cover a guy like Keontae Springs or run him down in open field. Well, it's That's going to be the difference. You know, they, they mix it up with Herman Smith too. So, and they got a mobile quarterback over there that you know runs the RPO. So, I don't think I don't think their defense is going to be able to slow down Madison's offense. Plus, I also think Madison's got a little chip on her shoulder. I think they want to go down to Steel Canyon. They want to win that game and the, and show people, hey, look, we're still around. Don't count us out. We're still here. And the fact of the game, I think it's at Madison, right? It is at Madison at 6.30. Yeah. It's hard to win at Madison under the lights on Friday night. That so turf is, is weird. It's not weird. I mean, it's just it's home field advantage, baby. But the actual physical turf is weird. Okay. Right, I stepped on it, man. It's not as bad as Texas Tech's turf, but it's it's close. Um, let's get to Eastlake at Lincoln. I think it's an interesting game. You want to know why? Because Eastlake going into the season was going to be a lot better than, than uh, I thought they were going to be. They're now 0-2, and they just lost two games by a lot of points. Um, Lincoln is really talented. They're very good. I, I don't. What happened last week? I mean, they kept it close to El Camino. I heard there was a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, kind of kept it in the game. Um, but Lincoln and Eastlake, to me, is an intriguing matchup. Is uh, Darius De Los Reyes going against his former team at Eastlake? Eastlake's got so many question marks. Are they going to have the size to hang with Lincoln? Well, it's interesting, you know. Papa Pig and, and Bert Grossman and uh, Marcus McNeil had a chance to talk to uh, John McFadden at, at the, on the pregame last week, and uh, he said some interesting things. That interview, Coach uh, McFadden has is a great soundbite. Hey, look, I, he I wouldn't say up, ha- I wouldn't say half the stuff up. that guy says, man. I'm just saying, like personally, <laughs> I gotta got to put a filter on it because I don't no know. Filter. He, opens you know, he it says, up. well, if guy, you know, I'm building a character program. If you don't want to be a part of the, our character program, then go ahead and leave. It's like, whoa, whoa okay, all right. That's, that's an that's interesting thing to say With after you 17, lost yeah. two quarterbacks in the last two years. No, he's lost five in five years. Five so, quarterbacks. Five quarterbacks in five straight years. Well, With that at said, least two in the last. I don't want to get into all the controversy and all the crazy stuff down there going. We're talking about the game. Let's talk about the game. Um. Lincoln's got too many athletes. I mean, on both sides of the ball, defense side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, um, and there are a lot of chip on the shoulders. I mean, there's a lot of talk on social media between these two teams. Uh, this is a homecoming for Darius. He gets to play against his former team. There's a lot of guys down at East Lake that are pissed off that he left. So there's been a lot of talk. There's been some locker room videos that have been shared around that right. we won't go into. But, you know, all these things are going to where I think be motivation. The game's not at East Lake. It's at Lincoln. Um, I do think that that home home field advantage at Lincoln gives them a little bit more edge. I don't think this is going to stay close. I think that 
Eastlake showed they struggled last week against a team when they start passing the ball. You know, they really struggled in that secondary being able to defend the pass. You've got Benjo O'Brien underneath. You've got Darius Dillis Reyes. You've got Keyshawn Smith. That passing attack. Now, last week, quarterback play for Lincoln I heard they was had, not they went very through like good. 15 quarterbacks. The freshman had to come in late in the game to preserve that game. So, are there question marks at quarterback? I don't know what's going on over Lincoln. Obviously, I'm not coach there, but I know that, you know, these guys, you know, those two starters, the, the one and two, they got to figure this thing out. They got to trust the system. They got to buy into it, and they got to get it done. But I do think, even with that said, Lincoln's got too many athletes. I think that Lincoln wins this one. Even with quarterback issues, Lincoln should be able to win. They should be able to win um, pretty easily over East A uh, Big shout-out to Bubba. Bubba saved that game for him on that scoop and score. If he doesn't do that, Lincoln loses to El Camino. To El Camino. Um, East Lake's in trouble if they lose that game. Because they got Cathedral coming think, up next. You don't think they're already in trouble at 0-2? Oh, they're already they're already on, in trouble, but like once they lose the Lincoln, the panic button's going off, and you they got so? some serious issues. You think the the rats are jumping off the ship at that point? They might be at this point. I mean, I, they lose. I mean, they might start the season 0-5 in non-league. Yeesh. That's not. And good. then they get to league play. And look, I, I watched Modern Day play last week. They're very talented. I think the the youth. Um, hurt them in terms of high tempo offense. No, ain't nobody running that offense in Pop Warner or in youth football. So I mean, you got Trey Edwards trying to figure out the fact what they're lining up again. They're ready to go, um, but they got a lot of talent. Um, and the other problem was they only have forty guys. Grossmont's got seventy-two. Grossmont yeah. can play the war of one, attrition one way. They have one-way guys. Right. Modern days, all their key guys are playing both ways. Yeah. And Plus, you get tired. Yeah, so you get tired. I mean, it's just they just kind of got worn out. Modern day is good. Otay Ranch has some size, and they're good enough to beat. He's like, that's that's going to be an interesting matchup. Kearney at Morse. Morse hammered Patrick Henry last week. Uh, Kearney scoring a lot of points, of course. Um, this should be a fun one at um, at Morse at 630. You know, until I saw Morse uh, up close and personal, because I was at that game with Patrick Henry when they, when they played, and the two running backs they have are incredible. I mean, I'm just going to say that. I It's hard to defend – the wing tee. I don't even know if that's a traditional wing tee that Tracy's running now. It's not. Uh, he's it's doing like his a own hybrid. thing. Like, it's how like a you, hybrid. How do you prepare for something that you really don't get on game film? The other thing I think is going to hurt Kearney is the fact that, you know, some of their linebacker play, they're going to have to be extremely physical in this game. And I don't think that matches up well to the, the spread offense and the, the wide open stuff that, you know, that the Comets run over there. I'm actually going to have to take Morris in this game. Really? I got Kearney, dude. I, I'm riding too high on him. We already we were on the on them earlier this season. We already got that bet with San Diego High and Kearney. So, so are we gonna do another I gotta, one I gotta here? rep with the comments, bro. I gotta okay. rep with the comments. So what's the bet this week? No, nah, dude, I'm not if, making if bets Morris, this week. Dude, we on. made the one Kearney come bet. On. I'm not betting on Kearney the entire season. Let's make this squad. interesting. This ain't my People squad. People always tell me, put your money where your mouth is. I I just I just I have to roll with Kearney this week. All right, fair enough. Um, El Cap at San Diego High, I think, is an interesting matchup. San Diego High, 1-0. They didn't play last week. Uh, El Cap, 0-2 out of the gate now in a shootout against Hilltop last week. The Burner matchup uh, between Ron Burner Sr. and Ron Burner Jr. Um, you know, that was coach, a tough car right home. Uh, right? Exactly. Um, El Cap's got size on their hand. In this case, you know they're going to have a little bit more numbers in San Diego High. We know that the challenges San Diego High has to face in playing bigger schools because you know, they don't have you a know lot of numbers. El Cap doesn't but have? But San Diego High, hey, look, dude, don't be interrupting me. I'm almost done here. I was, I was playing out both sides. Uh, San Diego High's got more athletes than El Cap does. But that, I mean, that's but why they I'm have, they take have the one game. athlete that, that in particular makes a difference. All that's right, Mo go Jackson. Ahead. Uh, San Diego takes this one. Ron, I love you, but uh, you're gonna have to figure out a way to stop Mo Jackson. If you don't stop Mo, 
He's going to keep running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, and guess what? They're going to run some more. I'm going to take San Diego in this one. we got two intersectional or intersectional games that are uh, important this week. Carlsbad playing Lawndale. Lawndale is the best team that they will see so far this season. they got a rating of about 50. Um, they're in a very uh, easy league, Lawndale is. I mean, they play a bunch of teams in their league like Beverly Hills, Santa Monica. they got negative ratings. Um, but Lawndale's got a rating of a 48, and that's the toughest team Carlsbad's going to play until they get the league play. Uh, we'll see if they can continue it. They're playing at Lawndale. they got to go up to L.A. Um, 7 o'clock kick for Carlsbad, another intersectional game for them. Uh, I'm going to take Carlsbad just because I'm a San Diego guy. Anytime one of our guys leaves San Diego and goes out there, I'm going to roll with Purple Rain. There, we got a lot of uh, teams that are playing intersectional games. Well, I'm just going to say the big one. Centennial at Cathedral will talk in just a bit, but St. Augustine versus Loyola at Mesa College. They beat Loyola last year. Uh, I think this is the last game of their contract. Having to go up to L.A. to play a game is a lot tougher than having to go to Orange County with all the traffic and what have you. Um, what do you think the Saints men do against uh, the Loyola Cubs? Saints is rolling right now. I argue, arguably the second best team. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They got athletes all over the field. Prayers up for Julio Tucker. Yes, hope he has a speedy recovery to him. Um, but Kramer's got those boys focused. I mean, look what they did to East Lake last week. And uh, I don't think they were even rolling all cylinders yet. So I'm going to take they Saints in this that one. Game. Yeah, I think I think Saints is better than Loyola. Um, Loyola not the best team in their league, but they're still a good. Uh, football team with tradition. Uh, the last one I'm going to talk about before we get to uh, the big matchup on Friday, San Clemente at La Costa Canyon. San Clemente 2-0 in the Avocado League right now, trying to make it 3-0. Sorry, LCC. Uh, Oceanside couldn't beat them. Torrey Pines couldn't beat them. And I don't think they have Ozzie Nichols anymore. I don't think this they're going to beat them either. So LCC loses in this one. That's the only against San Diego team that, that I'm going to pick this you're week. Gonna, you're still rooting for LCC, though. I'm rooting for them, right? You know, but I, I don't think that's going to be tough for them. Right now, we are it's an uphill battle, uh, baby. The that's Avocado League is. Yeah, at well, this yeah point. that's true. The Avocado League is just can't handle San Clemente right now. You think now. they stay on the schedule next year? All three of those teams. Yeah, that's a good game for those teams, though. It's not too far. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like I mean, if you go up to going up to San Clemente is better than going down to like to play East Lake. If you're like LCC Oceanside, those two, it's close. They're kind of they're an Orange County team that's not. Like a dominant Orange County team, like it's well, not they like own you're us so far. I, I know, but it's a good matchup for the Avocado League. Like okay. if you put them in the Avocado League, they're one or two in the Avocado League every year. But teams in the Avocado League can get them. We saw it last year. Yeah. LCC and Tory both got them last year. I think that's a good matchup for a lot of those teams. Plus, if you're San Clemente, I'd rather go down and play, you know, San Diego teams and go up and try to go find somebody in LA and deal sure. with traffic and what have okay. you. Make good. I can see those get renewed. Um, we'll see if Lincoln, maybe the Western League can be undefeated against San Clemente because uh, Lincoln goes up there next week. That'd be that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Now, would that put to bed the argument over who's better, Avocado or Western? I don't know because Grossmont Hills is looking pretty good right now. They are looking They're, pretty they, good. They want to be part they of the are, argument they, hey, right now. Hey, they got to give this some respect. Exactly, dude. You got to respect the East County every once in a while. It's good right. people out there. Uh, Centennial at Cathedral. Uh, this is the game of the week. This is a tough uphill battle for the Dons, I think. Look, they beat Saguaro. I think that was a good matchup for them. I actually thought Cathedral could beat Saguaro going into it. Um, this game is a lot different. This is all hands on deck. This is going to be a battle. Uh, the ball has to bounce their way. They have to be almost perfect on both sides of the ball. They can't turn it over. I mean, they need to put together their best game they have ever put together to beat this team, and that still not might not be enough to beat the Centennial team. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be tough sledding for the Dons. Uh, 100% agree. I think you have to play zero mistake football. Uh, you can't make any mistakes against this team and think they have a chance to win. I also think it's early. It's important that they jump out early. 
yes. and get a lead on this team early so you can keep uh, clock management under control. Um, stay true to who you are. You know, don't don't change things up and start doing a bunch of passing and do all that. Work, do what works well with you. Uh, run behind the the right side of that line. Those guys are are, are animals over there. That yeah, that's that's been a huge part strength. of why Cathedral can hang with these teams right now. Is their line is is pretty similar. Centennial is going to spread you out to run the ball. Secondary is going to be do. secondary. I've been saying this all year long. Keep it in front. The secondary is a question mark for Cathedral. I'm not quite sure they're going to be able to slow down that passing offense of Corona Centennial. I saw them struggle. Hey man, with bubble screens. No doubles defense. I, I, Just keep I it in saw, front. Rally. Make I a saw tackle. that. I saw that they struggled with with a couple bubbles. I don't think Seguro exploited that often enough. But when they went out to the the, the open side of the field on bubbles, it was tough for the, the Dons to defend that. So I'm going to say. You know, on film, we got to clean that up. Then you get some uh, help from the outside linebacker. Got to rally the football. Get the guy on the ground. Um, so that's uh, that's all the big games. There's a lot of other teams uh, playing intersectional. Of course, we're rooting for all the San Diego teams. Um, you know, we only broke down a handful of the games. We'll break down some more during our high school football show on Thursday night with myself and Coach John Cantera. Uh, still working on a guest for you. We'll probably get to somebody in here. We're going to get a couple players and a coach and uh, to talk about some high school football. It's going to be a great time. Chris, thanks again for joining us as always. It was a fun week last week. We're looking even more uh, to uh, this week. It's going to be even more fun. We're only three weeks in, man. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun year. Chris, thanks again. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.